This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Energy Think offers a powerful and practical framework for catalyzing positive change in your life. These teachings are a guidebook for real-life co-creatorship through consciously accessing the most powerful asset you have, your energy. Dana's methodology is based on the philosophy that you are the generator of your world. By understanding what this means on a casual level through energetic principles, you will begin to live a life where anything is possible, and you will recognize that the universe shows up to help when asked. In partnership with external and internal creative forces, you can transform and create anything you know you are meant to experience. Valerie Atellis interviews Dana Lord-Lewis. She is an energetics expert and founder of Energy Think, a wisdom and science-based modality that guides individuals to experience their infinite potential for fulfillment through true self-expression. A leading voice in applied energetics, Dana draws on her studies across human energetics cognitive science, classical and quantum physics, spiritual teachings, and law to navigate the seas of collective wisdom and be a channel for truth. Dana's vision is for each of her students to unlock their full potential for fulfillment in life by learning to control their energy patterns and connect more deeply to their own power. Dana is gifted with the ability to distill complex energetic concepts into clear, actionable techniques that guide students to shift their energy patterns, energetic states, and manifestation power. She works with individuals of all skill levels and offers private coaching to select leaders who are committed to making positive transformations within their sphere of influence. Dana demystifies the mechanics of universal energy and empowers her students to shape their own reality through true and expanded self-expression. Energy Think offers a powerful and practical framework for catalyzing positive change within one's life. These teachings are a guidebook for real-life co-creatorship through consciously accessing the most powerful asset you have, energy. Dana's methodology is based on the philosophy that you are the generator of your world. Meet Dana at energythink.com. Here is the interview with Dana Lord-Lewis. In your own words, who is Dana Lord Lewis? Mm. Uh, Dana Lord Lewis is a teacher and a healer who lives in Malibu, California, and was born in Canada. How would you describe 
this idea or concept of personal fulfillment, Dana? What does it feel like? What is and what does it feel like? I love that question. Uh, Personal fulfillment, I believe, is what everyone is seeking at all times. And you can... You can call it so many different things. You can call it whatever you want, but personal fulfillment is the same thing as being able to access energy and connect to source energy at all times in a maximal, optimal capacity. But personal fulfillment is ultimately the truest self-expression. It is the expression in this physical world of what it is your your soul and your yourself wants to be able to experience coming from another place in its purest truest form into this realm that is the most deep fulfillment yeah that resonates true to me and i wonder if this is a a destination or an ongoing process journey in a way hmm yeah well The way people often think about it is as a destination because we're so steeped in this material world, right? We, it, it takes effort to have, have deep and powerful perspective. If we don't really try, we can sink into a state of just accepting everything we see around us as being it. And we can explain away the world through science or physics, which actually doesn't really make sense. If you if you dig deep into the argument, it doesn't really explain anything. But if we're not thinking deeply, we can just sort of experience it like that. But uh, ultimately, we are much more than that. And uh, that is something that we're all looking to discover and understand better. When I read and I hear you talking about personal fulfillment, that word in itself, fulfillment, it comes to me as being a human body already, like be here now, this is fulfillment. If I can keep this thought. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And to your, to your other question about a destination versus an ongoing experience, we think of things in terms of like a linear narrative, right? We think like in terms of our lives as a, as a story, as a movie or something, but it's not, it's not really like that. If you understand the power of the present moment and what it means to actually be living a, a vertical existence rather than what some people refer to as a horizontal experience. And a horizontal experience is what 99% of the population lives and what even those who spend so much time in an awakened state and really you know, learning about what's out there struggle to stay uh, not embroiled in. And a, but a horizontal relationship with the world is understanding the world as being just there and us as kind of an observer of it, like a hapless bystander to what happens, a victim in some cases, a, a, someone who's just watching life. And a vertical relationship with oneself and with life is all about an independent journey, an independent journey of self-expression. Because if we are not living moment to moment, instant to instant, do being the way that we, that are truer, deeper, more connected to uh, the place we came from self wishes to be, then 
then that's because we're inhibited in some way. And our natural state is to be one of joyful and blissful and, and, and connected and grateful and, and loving and, and in love with every aspect of life. But we don't walk around that way because we've been conditioned over many generations, many thousands of years in our wiring, in our evolution, our physical evolution, to be fearful and to be um, critical and to be disconnected. And so it is about, when you ask about self-fulfillment, it is ultimately about shedding those conditions. And and I like that that term conditions because we put conditions on our happiness. We say, I will be fulfilled if I can do this. And that's a condition and it's not real, it's a construct. And at any given moment, if we allow ourselves to, if we have the discipline, if we have the um, ability that we have to, we do have to cultivate it. We do have to work hard to let go of the the inhibiting factors, but we can connect to a state of complete joy and complete self-expression and complete um, fulfillment anytime, regardless of what's happening on the outside. And this is something that we can say it theoretically and how you walk a person through that or how a person experiences that unfolding in their life. It's all so nuanced, so individual and so beautiful because we all have our own unique imprint, our own unique signature and an energy to leave on this planet and experience. And that leads me to a question about free will and control. What drives us to explore this reality, our own inner reality and the outer reality in the way that you speak of, what is it? Because I don't remember looking for it. I don't remember trying to build that path or or control the way to feeling that I am fulfillment. I am already fulfilled in this moment. Talk to me for a moment about free will and controlling life. Mm. I think the pursuit of fulfillment is one that at any given point in my life, I might describe it differently. I might describe it differently in five years from now than I do now. I certainly describe it differently now than I did five years ago. And that's because for me to verbalize in language what fulfillment is, is a matter of the mind. It's a matter of my vocabulary, my current state of conscious understanding. It's, it's limited by what my mind can appreciate and understand. Okay. Um, but the ineffable, meaning the unexplainable, the, the thing that can never be articulated, it can never be known fully by the mind is the essence of every one of us. So where we came from and what is source and source is a good word to use because it's, you know, it's non-denominational. It doesn't connote any kind of religious factor, religious uh, being, but it is an idea of, of a, of a place and a realm from where we, we come. And even that is simplified because we have to sort of put it into words, but it's just this thing we can't explain. But that is the thing that really is the most real aspect of life, even though it's not always the most salient. It's not always the most accessible for people. People tend to focus 
their mental energy, which is again, a part of the mind on the things that are immediately in front of them, the goals that they decide that they want to aspire to, uh, the people around them, the relationships, how those relationships make them feel their emotions. People focus on their, their feelings and they create ideas and understandings and narratives around those feelings. And so the drive to either go further into what it is we are as people and what the, what this world is and really what life is and what, what kind of powers we have and what kind of amazing things lie ahead for humanity. And, you know, that drive, it comes from an understanding at a deeper level that's not part of the mind. It's not part of the mental construct. It's not part of the narrative. It's within us deeper. It's at a, it's a different part of us that's not it's, it's beyond the mind. It's part of our consciousness, but it's outside the realm of the mental. But then in it, so that, that's a, that's a, a most inherent fundamental part of our beingness. But then in addition to this, there are many drives that come from our, our human beingness, if you will, our specific mental cognitive state and, and ability. And so that comes in the form that's quite different. And that often comes in the desire to want to control and to want to have a sense of safety. But if we were conditioned completely differently, if we didn't have the societal norms we have, if we were to understand death differently, if we were to take the thing that we have the least control over in the, in in our life, in, in all of understanding, the thing we have the least control over is death. And if we were to take our understanding of that and flip it and change it, then we would experience life quite differently. So it's, it's a matter of understanding what the mind creates and where that drives one versus the, the real, the deeper self, which I call the big eye versus the mind, which is the little eye. These two compete forces where they drive you when a mind that has disciplined itself and has learned and has become self-aware can distinguish between drives coming from one versus the other. I have a question about the source that you speak of, that you referred as being having a space or being a place. How is it manifested? I mean, it is already manifested here as everything, right, Dana? Everything that there is, it's that. that it's coming from the source. It is that source. I wonder how we access that. What are some of the ways to express that in this reality? Is that through everything that there is as well, exactly the way it is? Or some of us are able to come from that space more clearly and purely mm, and speak mm. from that place. Is that without, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not speaking of emotions or, yeah, not, not mental activities, but we have to use those tools, right, to express mm -hmm. that. Talk to me for a moment about that. That's a really good question because the, every individual's connection to source is what is, is most fundamental and powerful and relevant to that individual's life experience. If you have somebody who is dirt poor, who is in physical pain and who is deeply connected to a sense of their own power, their own divinity, That person is living in a very 
different place than somebody who might have a lot of money, who doesn't have a lot of physical pain, but who is disconnected entirely. It is a, it is a markedly, definitely more fulfilled life experience instant to instant to have that sense of connectivity to the greater universe and the greater creative power. And much, much derives from that. And so your, your entire system, your entire output, the, the way that you interact with the world is fundamentally different if you are connected to a sense of your own place in this, in this cosmos versus if you are not. If you are not connected, then this is a scary situation. You are an individual, you're alone, you, you will die alone, you will die, and when you die, you no longer exist. And that in and of itself is very confusing. But if you are connected and you recognize the way we understand things as humans in 2021 is a fraction, it's a fragment of what actually exists and what the reality is. And you, you know this, even if you cannot logically connect the dots and you can't explain it, then death doesn't feel so scary because you recognize you're part of something that is eternal and, and never, it doesn't depend on physicality to exist. Consciousness never goes away, no matter whether or not you're here or, or not in physical form. And so I, I say that to just sort of set the stage for the, for the, you know, the answer to your question, which is how to help, how recognizing that there is this difference between different people. Some people are, are super connected. Some people are not. And how to, how to assist or how to at least speak to making that connection more accessible to people or accessible at all. And what I'll say on that is that this is the life journey. This is the human experience. This is the human journey is to discover one's true power through living to rediscover, to be reconnected to this sense of, uh, to sense of power that's with way beyond us, um, whilst being on this material plane and the barriers to understanding that are extremely, they're infinite. There are infinite barriers to this connection and they are different in every human being. And so how a person actually ends up accessing their own power and reconnecting to source, if in fact they feel they've been disconnected, which we all are because we all arrive here and it's strange and then we're vulnerable and we're conditionable and things happen. We don't understand them and we don't, we don't process them and logically. And so we have to go from there, but that's all just the, the mechanism. That's all just the, the way it ends up happening. But what's really happening is this, this progression of consciousness itself, because every time as humans, we overcome something and we heal and we learn how to forgive and expand our hearts to love more and to return to that sense of power, despite what's, what the external circumstances are. Every time we do that in our own individual ways, we are advancing consciousness. We are doing this for the greater collective consciousness of which we are all part, of which there is really only one at its essence, at the ultimate reality. So every person has their own journey, but it is ultimately about 
opening the heart, taking steps towards love, taking steps towards creation. And each step towards that is a step away from fear and inhibition and, and, uh, corruption of the, the frequency or the, the truth that really wants to express itself on this plane. Beautifully said. So in a way, it's uh, easy to tell because we can see the way some people express themselves and, and others don't. So, I mean, it's easily really detectable if we are paying attention. It's very easy to tell who is connected and who is not. We are never disconnected, yeah. right, Dana, in a way, because mm. we are all source anyway. But there's a feeling of disconnection. I think that's, that's a really good point, and that's absolutely right. And um, I think one of the things that people, you know, where the, where the mind immediately jumps is, okay, well, yes, I, I, I know that I've seen someone express, you know, yeah. source. Like I know I've seen it because I've seen someone dancing so beautifully or I've seen somebody, yeah. they've, they've created this beautiful visual piece of art or whatever it is that there's just this sense of something grander and bigger. And so we think to ourselves, okay, I have to do something in order to express this, like like source wants itself expressed through me doing something. And that is not incorrect, but that is the derivative of the being. And so I think that's where, I think for the listeners, that's what's really important to recognize is that it's not, there's no pressure. This is not a, an earthly concept. This is not like a societal concept where we're saying, yes, you know, find your calling, follow your purpose, make sure you are, you know, working in the arena you're meant to, your career path looks the way it's supposed to or whatever that people sometimes associate with this idea of purpose. It's the being, it's the vertical, it's not the horizontal, it's not how you're relating to the world, it's how you are relating to yourself. And whenever there is something in the world that triggers you and stimulate, stimulates you to go into a place of fear where the expression is not truthful, that's something that you will, you can, it's an opportunity to work with that, to grow vertically into who you're meant to really be. And from that, whatever you do is inspired. How did you learn all this, Dana? How did you come to these understandings? This has just been a lifetime of, of studying and learning and observing. And uh, in 2016, uh, uh, 2016, yes, that's when it became more formalized. That's when I started to study formally. But before that, I'd always been interested in people and psychology and um, how the mind works and what behaviors are and all that kind of stuff. So I really naturally gravitated to studying people my whole life and relationships. And then I decided to go into this more officially about uh, five years ago. Let me ask you this question. It's a fun one from my perspective. What do you love most about being in a human body? Oh, my goodness. The human body. What do I love the most about that? Wow, there's so many things. You know, if I were to answer it, I'd probably say the I my passion is this this discovery, like the discovery of what we are is so crazy. It's just, I couldn't live without it. I don't, I don't know how people don't think about these things. I think, I think everyone does. I, I don't see how anybody can just not wonder what the heck is going on here. This is just so incredible, you know, and 
It's so, it makes me so happy whenever I learn something new, even if it's, you know, something about physics or neuroscience or like a, a philosophy or a spiritual teaching of some kind. It just, it makes my whole day, it makes me feel like I transform and metamorphosize every time I learn something. So I, you know, that's, that's the human mind and that that's part of the human body. So that definitely counts. And then it definitely counts. But then, you know, the body itself is just being able to taste and being able to touch and be able to smell and experience the senses is something that we don't always realize how beautiful it is, right? We don't, we're not always thinking about that. But then you smell a beautiful flower and it's just like, wow, that was so amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The wonderment of it all, right? And I, I agree with you. I feel the same way. When I think about that question, that's what comes to my mind. It's um, the exploration of what this is that we call life, the mysteries and uh, uh, the, the wonderful things that we can explore with the mind. And with that, I, I read recently, I'm going to be interviewing somebody about the same ideas about source and the mind and fear. And then he just kind of caught my attention with some ideas that we have a mind that's intellect, that's what most people operate from, and then the gut, emotions, that's what most people operate from, and then the heart, not too many operate from here, love and being open, and then source, as you speak of, he calls the soul. Do you feel the same way, Dana, that we have all these spaces to operate from, or it's just one thing happening that seems to be many. Mm. Well, I'd have to probably take a close look at how he's broken it up. This is so. This is the area that I love to dig into because I, I love theory, right? I love the theory of it. You know, what, how do we want to understand ourselves? How do we want to categorize different things? And so, um, but some, you know, ultimately there is limitation to that. But I would say that what you said there sounds right to me. What I will also say, the only distinction, certainly I think that the deepest part is our soul. Okay, so yes, I agree with him on that. And I do agree that we can be operating from our mind and we can be operating from our emotions. Um, and operating from the heart, the way that he's described it is, is very, you know, I've heard that many times and I, I, I resonate with that. Being open and operating from the heart is essentially, in my opinion, the same as operating from the truth and operating from the soul. They, they work really closely together. I think the heart is almost like the portal, like it's almost like the, um, the, the soul comes through it. If you're living in truth, if you're living in alignment. Now, one thing I will speak to about that, because I think it's really so for some people, it's going to be like, whoa, aha moment. And for others, maybe it's obvious, but for me, it was an aha moment. And, you know, there's so many people out there that say, you know, trust your emotions. They are speaking to you. And on one hand, it's absolutely correct because emotions are energy and they are betraying what is energetically happening underneath. They're betraying, they are, they are reflecting, I should say, a, a deeper reality that is energy, but they are not always reflecting truth. And we, and they are often reflecting the mind in ways that we're not aware of. And so to trust our emotions, we can trust 
certainly that they are telling us something truthful about our own energetic system and our own energetic state, but we cannot trust that they are reflecting truth because our, our minds create these, 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 uh, these, these half truths that we we're not even always aware of. Many of them are subconscious and we operate from them. And so we must be careful that, and what I'll, I'll say, well, say to that that's a kind of helpful takeaway is if you are experiencing an emotion that is that you are experiencing as negative you know nothing's really right or wrong good or bad but if you are experiencing it as experiencing it as negative that is an opportunity to look at that as a pathway to examining a deeper part of yourself that that is requiring that is asking to be brought into the light and to be expanded into a place of love that is, is not that most people look at it, you know, differently in the moment. They look at try to what, what do I have to what do I have to fix in my external environment to make this feeling go away? There's obviously something I'm being told here that's truthful, something's wrong, and that's the truth. No. If you're experiencing something in your environment that is negative for you, then you have an opportunity to look at it within yourself. And that's what I mean when I speak to the vertical. It's an opportunity for personal growth, development, and opening of the heart. That makes so much sense. A lot of our emotions are informed by trauma, has been my experience. And I used to trust them and then get away from a lot of people who didn't make me feel good. But actually, it was just an opportunity to open my own heart and love deeper. That is so, so true. It still happens, though. I have learned. And I, I wonder if it goes away, Dana. Would that go away? Because I had a lot of uh, trauma around betrayal, around people, around my mother, my father. So now when I'm around people who remind the mind of those people who have betrayed me, then the body just, it just, I have headaches and the body shakes. It's just a nightmare <laughs> for the body and the mind. So, and I wonder how to stop that. I went to energy healers. I have done a lot of things, but it's still there though. It doesn't really go away. And so I'm, I'm just kind of staying with it and just being present with what is present, not running away, trying to escape them anymore. That's a really good question. It's always so good to ground these ideas in examples. And I think everyone has examples in their life where they say, I haven't quite cracked the code on that mm -hmm. one yet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think part of your what you said there yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and I don't know that everyone always appreciates how important it is to, as a, as a preliminary step, to get comfortable with being uncomfortable there's so much, especially in past generations, there's so much uh, suppression. And, and it was really the way that was taught, you know, all through the 20th century. This is the way that people were taught to handle things, suppress, suppress, suppress. And, you know, that, that just explodes. And you're seeing a lot of that right now. Um, a lot of the explosions in COVID has really just said no more to suppressing people who have, who's, who's, who views that as their main coping mechanism are really being shown the light on that one these days. But to answer your question, whether or not it can go away. Yeah. hundred percent it can. And I personally have experienced that with things in my life that I for so long had no way of making alterations to. And I think that the biggest thing, and, and this is not, 
this is not the be all end all. You, you have to figure out your own particular way to get to this end point. But the end point for any problem, for any issue is a complete commitment to not seeing yourself as being victimized and, and realizing that it doesn't, it doesn't matter at all what somebody is doing, what somebody has done. It only matters. It only matters if there's an element of your own fear of that person, your own energetic dependence on that person, your own willingness to put yourself in a position of subordination, of um, weakness, of victimhood. It's as soon as that that tweak, that uh, adjustment is made where you, you, your eyes open. I remember this happening to me where I had my eyes open for the first time and I said, Oh my gosh. So I can, I really, I honestly have the choice. It's not just lip service. I have the choice whether or not this person treating me this way impacts me. And it can only really be coming from a place of strength with if you are in partnership with that source energy and your deeper self and your sense of divinity and your sense of connection. And the more you can facilitate that and foster that connection and make that connection part of your life, intertwine it in your real time living, intertwine that connection in your present moments, not just as a, a theory thing, but truly embodied and brought in and remembered and welcomed in and invited in, then the, the dynamics shift and you, you recognize that your life, as much as you love your friends and your family and as much as there's all this history and it's, it's, it's meaningful, your life is, is really about your relationship to yourself and your relationship to source. It's vertical. It, it happens in parallel to all these other things and people, but it's not, it doesn't have to be enmeshed. And one day when that happens, it's like, whoa. Yeah. And with that in mind, what defines a true healer and how do we find the right one for us? I think what defines a true healer is someone who recognizes that they are doing a service and that they are a vehicle for healing to happen. They are not actually performing healing. Healing is a miracle that happens from that deeper place. So it's a matter of um, making sure there isn't a lot of ego involved. Uh, it has to be a, a clean, open, you know, um, uncorrupted channel. A healer has to just allow healing to happen and, and, and put themselves in a position of doing the service that, that that spirit wants to do. And however that comes out, the more, the, 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 the better a healer, the better they are at doing that. That's the probably the single metric. And how you do, how you find the healer, how you decide which one works for you. This is an amazing thing. It's some this will this will hit you, you know, wherever you're ready to he, wherever you're ready to hear it, but it's almost as if the more you learn and the more you learn about energy and the more you um, embrace it as as something that's truly happening and not just an idea, the more life becomes a matter of energy and not about the form that you're seeing in front of you. And so the more that happens, the more you begin to connect with 
we use the term frequency. Um, it's not the best term for a few different reasons, but it's how people understand energy. And it's, it's, it's good for distinguishing between different types of energetic experiences. So I'll use it, but it's, you connect with different frequencies that make you feel different ways. And that's how you determine who you're meant to be with, because there's no good or bad. It's just, what is it that you have to work on right now? And where are you? And maybe you'll, you'll watch somebody on Instagram and they'll really make you feel uncomfortable. And maybe you're not ready for that person yet, but maybe in a year later you hear them and you think, wow, I'm so, I'm so jazzed up by what they're saying. And I'm ready for that now because you've done a bit of work. Or maybe you hear someone and they really trigger you and you say, Hey, that means I have something I have to work on. So let's go here. You know, it's, it's, it's all so personal, but it's really about tuning into what, what your deeper self recognizes as something that's going to be moving you towards your truthful expression. So you are an energetics expert and founder of Energy Think. Talk to me about the main inspiration to be who you are today, or to do what you do, and to create this company, Dana. Well, um, that has been something that it's taken me a bit of time to be able to recognize, uh, but I. I believe now that this is truly a calling of wanting to connect people to themselves and connect themselves to their power. And I will resonate with those who, who I'm meant to. And, um, at first it wasn't clear to me what I was doing. I was interested in esoteric practices. I was just so fascinated by the energy, the idea of energy. And then I started to learn about physics and, and, um, classical physics, specifically how energy actually works in the physical world is, is a fascinating study, which very few people really appreciate. And, um, I thought it was just really, you know, fascinating. I didn't really know what I was going to do with it. And then it's become very clear recently through the various programs I've developed that I have a gift and that some people are very moved by it. And, and that makes me feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So for me, it's about, um, refining the, the art so that I can work with a, a wider scope of person to be able to allow for that, you know, we use the term transmission for that information, for that transmission, for that truth, for that love to come through and move them in their hearts because, um, that's what it's all about. And I've worked with brilliant practitioners who have, who have taught me and I know what it feels like to have my heart opened. I know what it feels like to have something shift, to have a limiting belief shift or have a, have something. It's almost like, it's almost like you're getting a massage and you're trying to work out a, a, a tight muscle. And it's like, you know, you can feel the muscle being worked on and then you can feel it release. And it's so wonderful and euphoric. And I know what that feels like, and I want to be able to pay that forward and provide that to others mm. and serve in that way. This is my way to serve. Uh, you offer a program, also private guidance. You have these on your website, the services. The program is called C-A-D-R-E, CADRA. So do you work with other people, individuals, um, groups? Do you work with individuals, groups, uh, corporations, online, offline? 
Well, I'm currently on mat leave. <laughs> I promised I'd do mat leave for six months until yeah. April. But oh, yeah. usually uh-huh. I run programs. Um, I've, run, I've, I've created two programs. One is to understand the mechanics of energetics, which I call the magnitude program. And uh, the other has been the CADRA program. And the CADRA program is, I'll be running it again next year. And it is um, essentially, it's an introduction to the vertical self and how to understand how to walk into what I call radical self-ownership, which is the the ownership, the, the appreciation, the approval, the love for every aspect of you, even aspects you're not even aware you are rejecting at this point. So that is what the CADA program is meant to do. And that's a huge first step in the uh, you know spiritual uh, growth journey. There has to be an awareness developed that we're not, a, we're, we're not, we're not aware. We're, we don't know everything about how we operate. And the more we can appreciate that and relax our understandings around that, the better it is, the faster we grow and, and expand our understandings. So that's that program. I do not work with uh, corporates currently, but I have been approached recently about that. So that's on the horizon and private guidance. I am I'm not offering that right now, but I usually am offering private sessions, um, private uh, coaching journeys, which will again start up in April. Wonderful. And I'll have your website on the podcast profile. So your website is energythink.com. So that's your website. And I'll have the link. Is there other places where we can find you, Dana? online you can find me yes uh energy underscore think is my handle on instagram and if if anybody's listening who's interested in kind of dipping their toe in energetics and getting a feel for what this whole thing is i would recommend my magnitude program which is an introduction it's the it's the mechanics it's how energy works it's paralleling with the physical world, how energy works in the physical world. And it explains how it works in humans as well with that basis um, for understanding it. So that's, that is accessible if you want to DM me or if you want to shoot me an email, I'm available through Instagram or my website. And that's where I would say start and get on my newsletter list so that you can keep your eyes open for the next opening of the CADRA scholarship program, CADRA program. Yeah, wonderful. Definitely have the link on your podcast profile. I have a few more questions for you, the ending questions. Would you like to add anything else that we didn't cover today? Just a, an encouragement to anyone listening to pursue your your self-education and, you know, never stop learning, never stop never stop digging because it's it's what our purpose is here. Mm, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun to do and that from my so perspective. <laughs> it is. Fun is so important. I agree. Two more questions, the ending questions. What is another word for life? Consciousness. Yeah. And the last question is, what are three things you wish everyone to experience before they lose the body, before they die? A sense of freedom, deep love, and mm, that wonderful, visceral sense of being divinely inspired. I love that. I love the way you phrase it, that too. Thank you so much, Dana, for what you do, the way you do it. I love your expressions in, in, in this reality. It's uh, the way you speak and it's beautiful. Thank you so much for being you, for being open again, for being open to life. Thank you. 
Thank you. And again, before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? Energythink.com would be amazing. Check out the Magnitude program and get on the list for when I open up the next cadre program. And on Instagram, handle is energy underscore think. Wonderful. Thank you again. And we'll talk soon. Bye for now, Dana. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Dana Lord-Lewis and her work, please visit energythink.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.